You know, we hear that we need to repent often and we do need to repent often, but what does it mean to repent? Is it just to like, you know, run to the altar and weep our eyes out because of something that we've done wrong, things that we know um, we have engaged in that were not good in the eyes of God. And so we emotionally feel this heavy remorse for what we've done or is repenting, carrying this, this guilt around forever for sins that we have committed is repentance, saying a prayer, you know, at the altar, repeating a prayer and, um, just confessing out loud, I have done wrong, but I want to do right. You know, what does it actually mean to repent? Because I can go to the altar and cry my eyes out with great remorse for the wrong that I've done. And I can turn around and leave and do it again and then return to that altar another time and then leave and do it again. And I can confess a prayer and just take this action. Okay. If I say these things and maybe it'll make me feel better. And then I can leave and do the thing that I'm repenting for again. But when John the Baptist preaches this profound message in the wilderness, like a wild man, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When he uses the word repent, he means, I want you to change your mind. Repent to John the Baptist when he was, you know, preaching this fire, he was saying, change the way that you think and think differently. Repenting then would mean I change my mind because if I change my mind, I'm changing my thought life. If I change my thought life, I'm going to begin to change my actions because I don't even think like that anymore. So when he says to think differently and change your mind, he gives you the reasoning. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when, when he said it's at hand, he meant it is extremely close. It has immediate imminence. He, he's saying it is basically the kingdom of heaven is here. I need you to change your mind and think differently. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is literally, literally here, available to you. The kingdom of heaven is at your hand. So if I am not thinking properly, if I think that God should do things a certain way, and I think of God a certain way, and I think that God would show up a certain way, and he only moves in one kind of way, and he only does things the way that this preacher taught me he does, or this denomination taught me that he does, and I, and I really have this closed-in thinking toward God and who he is and what he does, I will miss that the kingdom of heaven is right here at my hand, that I can touch God, that I can touch Jesus Uh, The same way that I can reach my hand out right now and touch a wall or reach out and touch wherever you are, how close that is, how extremely close something is to your hand. John the Baptist is saying, if you think differently about God, if you think differently about the kingdom, it's as close as your hand right now. So a lot of times we miss that Jesus is in a room. We miss that God is moving in our lives. We miss that he is speaking to us, that the spirit of God is speaking to us because we have a certain way of thinking. I think God sounds like this. I think God moves like this. I think God acts like this. And because my thoughts do not line up with the actual word of God that says how God speaks and God moves, which is 
in these endless, limitless ways. God moves and speaks in so many profound ways and he can change on Monday what he's going to do on Tuesday and he can change on Wednesday what he did on Tuesday because God is just so unique and he's different. So if we don't think differently, then we can begin to miss God in so many ways. When Jesus came to the earth and he came in the form of a baby and he's born among animals and hay, we, and he, and he, and he comes up in Nazareth, which people thought, what is Nazareth? Where is that? That's where you hear people say, where, where even is that? What do they got going on over there? You know? And then his dad is a carpenter and he lives a profoundly normal life. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, let me read some of that. Isaiah 53 describes some of how the king is going to present himself when he comes to the earth. And it was very different than a lot of people would believe. Um, Isaiah 53 verse 2, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the ground, out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. He was a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. Wow. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was bruised, I mean crushed, for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Jump to verse 7, he was oppressed, afflicted. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. Verse 8, by oppression and judgment was he taken away. These are not things that make you say, oh look, it's the king, it's the king. These are not words that describe a king or the treatment of a king. So Jesus came in a different fashion than people would have considered the king of the Jews and the king of the world to come in. He came as a baby and he grew up like a little root that eventually sprouts out of the dry ground. And he was judged and he was mocked and he was made fun of. And and we considered him, God must be punishing you. Because that's how we think. Your life is proof that God is punishing you. He doesn't love you. And in reality, the life that Jesus lived was proof that he was the beloved son of God in whom God was well pleased. So if we don't change our minds about the things that we see and the word of God, and we don't ask the Holy Spirit to have a profound influence on our thought life, um, we may not realize that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We may not realize that it's immensely close. For example, Matthew 25, 35 and verse 36, when Jesus says, you guys were feeding me when I didn't have any food and you clothed me when I didn't have any clothes and you gave me something to eat when I had nothing to eat. You gave me a drink when I had nothing to drink and you gave me clothes when I was naked and on and on and on. They say, when did we do that to you? We didn't see you in these positions. We never saw you in that kind of um, desperate need. And Jesus says, well, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. So that would mean when I touched somebody who was broken and hurt and rejected and poor, and I gave them something good from my life, I gave to Jesus because somehow he was 
in that person. He was in that moment. Well, who would think that Jesus is sitting on the corner with somebody who has no one and has no money and has no job and has no place? Who would, who would think that? But the Lord himself says, I'm, I'm, I'm in the least. Those who are going through it, I'm with the broken. I love the poor. I mend the, the hurting. You know, he said, I didn't come um, to be a doctor to a bunch of people who think they're healthy. I came to be a doctor to the ones who know that they're sick. Who would imagine a king with the, with the sickly? And who would imagine the king of righteousness sitting at a seat with sinners? And this is the profound nature of our God. He does not fit in our very narrow-minded box. And so John the Baptist is desperately saying, change your mind, change the way you think, have your thought life influenced by heaven because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what I want to encourage you to do as you listen to this is to begin to open up your heart to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, touch my thought life. Help me renew my mind so that I can see what God is really doing. I can see with the eyes of God and the way that he sees humanity. I can hear him when he's speaking through unique things like a butterfly. I can, I can see when God is moving, when others would say, this thing is dying, I can actually see a resurrection. Heaven knew that a resurrection was coming when Jesus was crying out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The people who could only see things from the fleshly view took that as their opportunity to mock him because it really looked like what it looked like. But heaven had a different set of eyes. Heaven has a different mindset and heaven was knowing resurrection is coming. And so when we have heaven's perspective, we can look at something dead and say, oh, but yet it shall live. And that is the glorious thing about having a transformed mind that's been touched by heaven. God says in Isaiah, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher. I think differently than you, but that doesn't mean you can't have my thoughts. Romans goes on to tell us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can know the thoughts of God and we can think them. So I just want to invite you into this place that God even has me in to say, God, help me think like heaven. Help me change the way I think about certain things that I've, I've thought them for so long. I just think that they're right and they may, they may not be. Ha- help me to think the thoughts, the glorious, pure, beautiful thoughts that you think so that I can have king, the kingdom of heaven right at my hands. So repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <laughs>